Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Our message this morning that I want to share with us is that God blesses movement forward. And we're going to replay some of the story of God going from the book of Genesis through some of the Old Testament, um, mainly because Bethany Payne loves the Old Testament. So Bethany, this is for you. Um, And anybody else can listen in also. Um, But here's here's kind of the storyline of God as he proves faithful in a people, his chosen people, that are in movement. And of course, over the course of this message, I want you to think about two kind of entities. Number one, yourself and movement, or just sitting still. Am I moving forward in life? And number two, think of our church family. Is our church family moving forward? Or is it just kind of sitting still, and God forbid we actually would want to go backwards? And so, as we look at the story of God, and we think about the mind of God for His people, blessing comes when they are moving. So we first see here um, in Abraham. God calls Abraham to go to a certain place, and he says, I'll go to a place that I will show you. Abraham didn't necessarily know what it was, but he says, there you will be fruitful and you will multiply, and I'll cause the people around you to live at peace with you as you begin to move forward. So Abraham packs up, and he begins to move. I usually don't think of Abraham as this mighty warrior guy that's like dominating other people around him. Yet, that's what the Bible says, is they would march through different countries and territories around so that Abraham would overcome different kings, and Abraham would continue to collect more and more blessing around his life as he followed God in moving forward and moving onward to be fruitful and to make a great nation. He becomes so big that Abraham and Lot, they have so much prosperity. It says that all of their sheep and their goats and their camels, there's so much of them, they're, they're blending together. It says that, that even their, their workers are arguing, well, this is mine and this is mine. And, and it's unbelievable the friction that has because there's so much blessing. He says, we need to, we need to start moving in different directions here. We need to go this way because there's so much blessing upon us. I'm going to take all of my cattle and go here. And so Abraham and Lot, they begin to split. They can't tell them apart, so the tribe has to move onward. God's people out of the gate are nomads. They're these people that are, they really don't have a place where they just stay there. Even from the jump with Adam and Eve. Not that necessarily it was a good move that they had to leave, but they started to leave early and they began to move. And we just see the whole kind of storyline of the people of God, they began to move. Any of you have ever um, moved, you know some of the, maybe the growing pains of moving. It's boxing things up. It's remembering that you had that thing in that closet. Anybody ever done that? Like Pastor Andrew was just saying, um, we're going to clean out some closets. Y'all, we found some music here from 1926. Just let that sit there. 
for a moment. We haven't pulled it out and used it. We just like to keep it. We like to keep it, and it just kind of stays in there. How many of y'all do that in life? It's like we just kind of keep this. We hang on to it, and you're saying, hey, hey, son, guess what? Here's your inheritance. It's my garage. Figure it out. Um, and so, and, but if you've ever had to box things up. We've had a couple different families in here. I can think of the Hostetlers. I can think of the Hensleys. They have moved their lives as they've gotten older into Bellamy Apartments. And maybe you had these homes and closet space and garages. And in Wilbur, you had a really cool garage and right all those stuff. And you're like, whoa, it's going to be boiled down to like 1,500 square feet here. Oh my gosh, I got to maybe get rid of some things. I know when Alyssa and I, we were in Crown Point. It was one of the toughest decisions of our lives to transition out of there because you're not only just maybe leaving stuff, we were leaving people. And some of our favorite, most amazing people on the planet, we were leaving pastors and mentors and are are leaving like mega players who have been transformative in our lives. We felt God saying, it's now time to go and for you to move on. And to go to the next thing, I'm like, but God, it's so cozy and comfortable here, and it's predictable, and I, what I like, and play this out in your own personal life. It's just what I like, and it's cozy, and it's comfortable. Play this out in our church family. But God, it's just what we know, and it's, and it's comfortable, and we like it. And he says, come on, Abraham. I'm going to start blessing you as you move. Let's go, bro. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And I remember we had the youth group come over, and they're helping us load boxes into this U-Haul trailer, and it was like leaving the land of familiar. And it was familiar faces and places that we just knew. We had our favorite restaurant spots. We had our favorite coffee places. We had our favorite go-to people that I could just call up that we could connect. It was just comfortable and familiar, and I loved it. And you know what? It was life-giving. It was good. There was nothing wrong with it. It all was good. It doesn't mean you got to leave a place because it's wrong. It just means that we're going to a place potentially because it's better. And so the Lord was just calling us to somewhere else. And so we moved our family across the country to New Orleans, Louisiana, one of the coolest places on the planet. I haven't been to every place on the planet. It's just kind of comparison between Fairmount and New Orleans. And Fairmount, Fairmount's cool, but New Orleans, man, I'll just tell you. And so it's like a different language. It's, it's like this Cajun French, like, I don't know what the, they, they really talk down there. And it was just this really cool kind of Creole deal, and it's different foods. Like, I've never tried that before. What we always had was pot roast and potatoes. That's what, we, that's what we do. We do meat and potatoes. You do that thing that crawls? Like, it was just crawling across the table. We're going to do a, a, a crawfish boil? Oh, my gosh, what is happening right now? Like, that thing that could, like, chop at my tongue, and now I'm going to eat that thing. Yeah, 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 it's really cool, man. And then you, like, suck its head off, and then you, like, suck the juice out. It's, like, a, unbelievable. I'm just telling you what it is. I won't get too graphic, but that's what you do. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. The music, the music was different. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I fell in love with New Orleans jazz. I mean, it's unbelievable. Louis Armstrong, anybody like that sort of stuff? Oh, man, should I do it? Should I do it? Y'all want to hear my Louis Armstrong? I see fields of green and red roses too. I see them bloom from me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Mm. Come on, man. 
fell in love with it. I mean, it was cool. And they got these guys banging the drums and they got these broken down like trumpets and saxophones on the streets. And I mean, it was crazy. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Oh, yeah. Woo! That was legit. And it was new, right? It was different. It was crazy. But it was cool. And it transformed me. I have like this desire, like I have a, an appetite and a, and a taste. My taste buds are different. I begin to shift. I, I like different food and drink and music and atmosphere because of an experience that invited me to something different. And I'll tell you, we can just kind of camp out and hang out in our casual, usual, nominal, predictable, and good, but potentially not life-changing realities. Or God could say, hey, Abraham, I want to make you great, bro. I want to multiply you and turn you into a great nation. Come on, let's go. Let's check it out. I know it's different. I know our taste buds got to shift a little bit. I know our preference might be a little bit different, but I just want you just to, is it okay, Abraham, if we just explore something new? Do you trust me, Abraham, that I'm not going to lead you into bad places that are going to be hurtful? For you, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. It's plans to bless you, not to harm you, to give you future and to give you a hope. So Abraham has these sons, and we see this legacy of God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and he has Jacob, and out of Jacob comes these 12 tribes of Israel. And Jacob, now he's on, he's on the move, and he connects with his uncle Laban. And as he connects with his uncle Laban, he, he begins to work the ground, he begins to learn some new things, and he begins to marry. And he has Rachel and Leah, and from Rachel and Leah, there are born these 12 sons. It says that, that, that Jacob and Laban had so much blessing that he said, Jacob, you got to get, man, you got to go. And so Jacob launches out. We even see that Jacob and Esau both, were, they had to leave their father Isaac, and they begin to launch out as they begin to travel. The people as they founded this nation of Israel, they settled in to a land. And when they began to settle into a land, there was a drought. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Something dried up. It no longer was flowing. It no longer was raining. There no longer was this mystery and this energy and this excitement. It was death. And when we're not moving, we're dying. And we're just sitting around and the grass is growing up around us rather than saying, God, what's next? Where do you have for us? What's the vision? How do we not just have cool church services, but we change a community? God, what do you want to do in local business and local government? How do you want to impact the school? What is going, what, what's next? What's going to happen? And hungry for the move of God rather than satisfied with what is currently good. Man, I'll tell you, there, there's a way to eat and be hungry. And so, man, it's good right now. It's good here. Let's eat. It's good. We're not, we're not bummed about this. This is great. We're celebrating this. I'll tell you, I worship for where we are. I'm grateful for where the Lord has, has brought us and led us. But, man, I'm hungry. All it has done is it hasn't satisfied me. It's provoked more hunger. 
So the people move from this drought into slavery. And they come under the reign and the rule of dictators that want to tell what's going to happen in your life each and every day of your life. And Pharaoh begins to lead this storyline. And it's unbelievable. And God is saying, I got to get my people. We got to start moving again. We got to go. We got to go, right? And in order to get the people out of Israel, he throws some glass in the nest, kind of, in the form of these 10 plagues, trying to provoke the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, you got to let my people go, right? And try to get Moses pr- provoked and get the leader like, come on, man. I know this is, this is okay. It's predictable. You know you got food every night. You know you've got a place to stay. You know that Egypt is gorgeous and it's beautiful. I mean, you're hanging out in Vegas every night. I get it. But let's go. There's still more. Because I want to show you that I'll open up the Red Sea for you, that I'll provide for you. And so, so, so they, they are on the move again. And as they exit Egypt, God starts showing supernatural breakthrough. And for some of you right now, you're saying, I'm afraid to take a leap. I'm afraid to take a step. Dale, you remember the leap of faith. I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid to make this next move. And maybe we just kind of sit idly by and allow fear to make the narrative. Can I tell you that fear is a terrible platform to make decisions? It keeps us locked in. We haven't done that before. I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't like that. Fear is a bad storyteller. It tells a bad narrative, and it gets us to buy in, and it slowly, seductively seduces us to death. And it just kind of keeps us right here. Don't, do not even think about launching that business. You're going to be in financial ruin. Do not even think about joining this board. You know you're going to lose if you run for an office. Just stay safe. Just stay right here. Don't even think about putting your name in the hat. Hey, don't even think about this or this or this. It's just not worth it. Just stay predictable. That's a word for somebody. Lord, I just pray for that person right now. God, I just pray that you would just inspire the fire, put some courage in their spine right now, Jesus. Like Moses, that they would just launch out and leave and go and, and, and do. And God, that you would meet them with supernatural breakthrough. And so as Moses begins to lead, Moses is walking the people through this wilderness. And it might seem like a wilderness at the beginning. It might seem like this wasteland. And Pharaoh's army is on your heels. And you feel like people are coming in hot. And they're coming after you. And like, God, I trusted you on this one. I thought I was obedient. Why is everybody after me? And I'm just going to have to follow the call. And here we go. And God starts doing some really cool supernatural stuff. And he begins to part the Red Sea where it seems like there is no way. He begins to make a way. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's, um, you know, you're not necessarily looking for agreement but you're just looking for unity. And man, can people just kind of unify, even if we don't fully agree, but at least we're going to dwell together in unity. Whatever those things are, he begins to make a way where there is no way. And he begins to wash up all of the haters and the critics around. Now they're set free. They're on the other side of the Red Sea. There's no Marsh, Kroger, Walmart. There's no Horners. Horner, where, where were you guys, man? They could have used you. They're not around. And God says, I'll supernaturally be your source. Let me just drink from me. Come into my presence. I'll sustain you. Right? And so they just, before the Lord. So he begins to open up his bakery of heaven. And he provides supernatural manna. And he brings water from the rock. It says that their clothes never ran out. 
that their sandals were still as good as new, and they would walk on them. For 40 years, their clothes were still good. How many of y'all know that you've still been wearing some clothes for 40 years? You've just been thankful they've come back in to style. If you hold it long enough, it all will come back, right? Just hang tough on that thing. And so they hung tough, and they never really felt like they were out of style because everybody else was wearing the same thing too. But at some point, they looked back. Even Lot's wife looked back, and she got locked up. And they looked back, and they said, Moses, it was better when... Remember the glory days when it was so cool when we used to. Why don't we do this thing anymore? We used to. And when they started kind of, so here's what happens, is they just kind of started camping out in this wilderness reality. When you stop moving and start meandering, you move into murmuring. So when there's not movement, it just is, ugh. it's just pond water, it's swamp water. New Orleans is known for this. I mean, New Orleans smells terrible, especially Bourbon Street. It just smells like vomit and swamps. But you need to go to the French Quarter. It's better, all right? There's, it's beautiful. There's, really, there's beautiful places, okay? Go to Canal Street. It's awesome, St. Charles. But there's some, some beautiful spots. But I'll tell you, when you just sit, around in these swampy wastelands it doesn't produce good growth stuff's growing but it ain't good it ain't good stuff and it moves from kind of faith and future into frustration and i'll tell you where the enemy likes to live the enemy loves living in frustration he camps out there i'm frustrated i don't like that I didn't like this. And the enemy's throwing a party in your spirit, man. He loves it. Yeah, we don't like that. Oh, I can't believe they didn't use your opinion. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. What? You didn't get the raise of the promotion? And all this frustration starts coming out. And then what do we do? We murmur and we complain. And then it's got to find its way up to somebody that can do something about it. And it lands on Moses' ears. It lands on his desk. Moses, do something about it. Let's go backwards. And as they wanted to go backwards, what happened in the leader is Moses begins to not look like Jesus. <laughs> God gives Moses this, pro this promise to speak to the rock. Water's going to flow. Moses goes, oh, I'll show you speak to the rock. He takes his staff and starts beating the rock, right? Ah! He comes down from Mount Sinai. He's got the tablets, <laughs> slams them together. You idiots, you sinful people, right? There's frustration. The enemy just breathes it and it just swirls around. Kids are mad at parents and spouse at spouse, and whoo, I mean, it is hot in there, right? It's just frustration is boiling. When we don't move, we just meander, we start to murmur, and that doesn't produce health in life. Joshua then moves the people, and they cross over the Jordan as they move into this promised land. And as they start to take over the promised land, there's some giants in the land, They've got to subdue these giants, these hairy, scary, frightful, man, can we do this? This thing seems big. The vision is getting bigger. Phew, this, bit, this vision is, is getting huge. It, it, we kind of used to play, you know, t-ball. 
And then we went through Egypt and coaches pitch and, and, then, and then Little League crossing the Red Sea. We're playing in the major leagues. Like, we've got to take over the land of Canaan. Are you sure we can do this? And this young buck Joshua stands in front of the people and he says, Be strong. Be courageous. For today the Lord will show himself faithful on our behalf. And we will have good success. He also says this in Joshua 1.8 and verse 1.9. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, for then you will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. So we're just going back to the Bible. God, let us be God-entranced, Scripture-saturated church that just knows how you move and how you do it. Okay, this is how we need to leave, because we want to have good success. We want to live in prosperity as a church family. Mm. Yeah. And so there's some places where maybe we get jammed up. We want to go backward. We want to quit. I'll just tell you the way is not out. The way is through. So let's go through those wilderness. Let's go through those giants. Let's take that land that has been promised to us. It's a land that's good. It's a land that's full of life. It's a land that's reaching the lost, that's discipling souls that's that's seen transformed marriages and children it's it's seen a, a school system that loves the lord it's seen local government that makes strategic moves with future planning that looks like the kingdom of god on it so now the people settle in and they create a nation called israel and they look around at other nations and they begin to compare themselves to other churches and they begin to compare themselves to other homes and other marriages and other families. And they say, we want to be like that one. We want to be like that one. All of the other nations and countries, they have a king. Joshua, you're not a king. Moses, you're not a king. We want a king. And God says, no, 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 let me be your king. Just let me be it. Let me be the one thing. Let me be it. Let's not focus through man. Let's just focus on the presence. Can we just go after the presence? I will be with you. I'll lead you with a... With a with a fire and a cloud. I'll be with you. My, my presence will be in the ark. I just want to be with you guys. Let me be your king. No. Thanks, but no thanks, God. We know you've been awesome in the past, but let us run it from here. And let's put up a leader, and they will tell us what to do. Whoo! Fascinating, isn't it? So God says, okay, you get a king. And as they begin to settle in, God said, I'm going to have to work in this new reality here as you settle. And church family, here's the reality is nobody's calling you to be a nomad. Nobody's telling you to put your house in the market. If you're going to be blessed, you have to move around. But I'll tell you this, we need to get used to making moves in the spirit and in the kingdom of God in our inner man, not necessarily brick and mortar, but we've got to make some, some moves, right? And even though we settle in Madison and Grant County, it doesn't mean that we're not moving, that we're not shaking at the risk of making a pun, that we're not quaking anymore, but we've just fell in love with the silent, quiet, stay, just let's just kind of just do this deal. Can I just remind you that Quakerism was birthed in fire? People that had a radical vision that said, the church, we've got to change this thing. 
this is not good. We're going to shift something. You want to be a Quaker? Then let's do it. Let's be a Quaker. Let's shift some realities. Let's, let's, let's mix it up. Let's stand against the, uh, a, a godless um, governmental structure. Let's shake and quake in the presence again. Let's have a fire on the altar of our hearts again. Let's have a vision for transformation. So many people that founded our nation, the Puritans and the Quakers, that had a vision for a new land. New. Isn't that wild? Quakers were about new and launching and establishing and building with vision moving forward. So check this out. In Jeremiah, I quoted Jeremiah 29, 11 to you. We all know that one. We write it on the graduation card. Next month, you're going to write Jeremiah 29, 11 at the bottom of somebody's graduation card. Do you know what the Bible says before that? Jeremiah 29, 11, 4 through 7. Check this out. I don't know where I'm at. Is it on the wall? All right. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, verse 4. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to, Babel, uh, to Babylon. Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives, fathers, sons, and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands so that they may give birth to sons and daughters. Grow in numbers there. Do not decrease. Seek the prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its prosperity will be your prosperity. Our vision is bigger than having church services. Our vision is this. I want to see reformation. I want to see socioeconomical lift. I want us to buy homes, literally, and put money into our community and flip them and have awesome housing at good prices. I want to see businesses, people come in with visions and ideas, Quakers, Quakers created, Quakers were visionaries. We created Listerine, thank God. Isn't that cool? Quakers created Listerine. We need to use some more Quaker tools, okay, like Listerine. Quakers created root beer. Quakers created, like we were, we, we, we created banks, Barclay. I mean, we created banking systems and, and we, we were awesome. Let's not get stuck. Let's keep launching forward. Let's make this place look like a garden. He says, plant gardens and eat the fruit of it. Get to work and then eat the fruit of your labor. Come on, let's marry and let's raise up some sons and some daughters. And let's, let's find some good wives for our sons. Let's, let's release our daughters to some good men. Let's see city transformation. Let's see something take place because the blessing of God is on the house. That's the vision. That's the goal. And then he comes in to verse 11. And he says, because I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to bless you and to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and to give you a hope. Verse 12 says, for you will seek me and you will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. And so church family, here's the deal. Let's move past whatever our little thing is and our little deal is and say, Jesus, I've got to have you. 
You are the one thing. We want to lock in on you. You lead us. You move us. You cause us to go. Cause us to grow. Cause us to flow. Show. No. In the mo. God, cause us not to sit by and just watch the move of God move on without me. I'll tell you what, we will end our lives at the place we wanted to or wishing we would have got to a different place, but now it's too far out of reach. I would just say, come on, let's go. The Lord's calling us to move. The Lord's calling us to go. Let's just say yes. But what? we don't know what this place looks like. I know. It's okay. But do you trust that God is good? My plans are good. Let's go. And you'll just keep growing and bless so much growth and so much blessing. Okay, now we're going to do it this way. So much growth and so much, okay, okay, Jacob, now we're going over here. So much growth, so much blessing. All right, now we're going to try this. So much growth, so much blessing. It's going to get gooder and gooder and gooder. It just will. Come on, let's lift our chin. Let's lift our eyes to the hill where our help comes from. Our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Church family, go on this ride because it's a good ride to go on. And the blessing of God will go on those who continue to move forward. Would you all stand with me as we close in prayer? Come on, Jesus. Lord, we just pray for some movements. God, make some movements where life has just been sitting around. We've just been sitting casually by. Lord, we just pray that you would move us. Move us. God, we just pray that the conversation in our homes will begin to move around a little bit. God, provoke the sleeper. God, I pray that you would just stir the giant, that sleeping giant. There's a couple in here that you've got a vision. Man, it is burning in you. You want to do it. You really want to do it. You've researched it. You've even set some plans to do it and just are afraid to launch. Come on, I would just tap in. I would just lean in to some faith and to some courage. Maybe for some of you, you've been a part of this church family and you're like, man, it's just been so good. Do we have to move? It's like, oh, I know it. It has been good. But I'll tell you, sometimes good is the enemy of great. Sometimes good is the enemy of best. Come on, let's just continue to move forward. Jesus, what else? How can you move and shift in me? How can we reach our community? God, get my eyes off of myself and off of my thing and off of my deal. God, let me set my eyes upon the lost and reach out and to connect. Jesus, let me get a taste and a, and a flavor for new, for new food and experience and music and language. God, just open up my soul again. Let me be like a little child that just explores with curiosity the kingdoms and the, and the wonderments of the goodness of God. The kingdom has got to be like a little child who will come in and explore this awesome, amazing God. And so let's just explore, church family. Let's go. Let's move. Let's see what else he has. And Lord, we just pray that you would let unity reign and rule over this house, that brothers and sisters would dwell together in unity, and you would command your blessing of God upon the house. We love you, and we honor you, and we thank you for your movings today. In Jesus' mighty name, and all the church family said, amen.
So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.